With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, good. That means my internet is working outside on the porch. All right. Today is Friday, April 17th, the day before I leave on my fabulous vacation. And I am here with Ray of Pull the Trigger Enterprises. And we're going to talk about private funding for real estate investing. And I'm excited about that. So anyway, so yes, how's, your, I am. how's your week been? Week has been, um, you know, it's, it's like when you're investing, it's up and down. It's always you're excited and then you hear something, bridge it down, you get excited, bridge it down. But uh, over and above all that, everything is going just well. All right. So, so I, I just have to ask you: Has the thing in Florida closed? Not as of yet. We had a couple of hiccups, and that's part of the the downside. That's what but, I was um, thinking. Yeah, but we'll, we'll yeah. work it out. Work it through it. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Uh, I'm sure you will. So it's it's funny how like the last ten percent often ends up like dragging out. You know. Yeah. So being like more like the last 50%. How are your students doing? Anything new with them? Well, um, so the last, I think we spoke, Lori put the offer in on the, on the park. Right, and it had been accepted. So, well, was, she went down to actually, she viewed the park from the outside, but now that she put the offer in, she was able to go to the due diligence part and actually view the park. Uh-huh. And it was nothing like she was expecting. Oh, really? And so the owner has a land contract uh, with uh, another seller, and he had a year extension. It was a five-year uh, note or a five-year contract. And uh-huh. it extended last year through this year, the May. And um, he, he said the park is really not in good shape. So that, that was last Saturday. We met through. We talked through the numbers. I says, well, the real opportunity here isn't with the person you're talking to who actually has a contract right now. It's actually the land contract holder. That's the person you want to get to. And I said, let's, let's figure out what he owes on it. Let's look at what maybe he, uh, maybe the holder is free and clear. I think there's a way for you to get the property at a better price and to get delayed payments for 12 months to get the product that was parked back up to uh, up to speed. She goes, how would I do that? I said, you got to call, call him directly. I said, i got a proposal for you. I said, the guy you originally came in contact with might be mad at you, but he, he, he gets nothing anyways. Because if it expires in May, it goes to foreclosure. So any money he put into it, he'll lose anyways. Mm-hmm. I said, so that's the path. So i, I got to find out what she did with that this week. Uh, I actually got to call her after this call. You'll find out tomorrow with her? Yeah. Yep. Okay. How is Suresh doing? Has he started doing anything yet? 
Uh, he's just starting. Um, we got he's been aboard now for about three weeks. He's been going through his business plan. Um, he's actually looking to buy a property for his family, so I'm working with him on that. I got uh, lenders involved and realtors involved and lawyers to help him and guide him. Um, I'm suggesting he buys a six-unit building, rehab it, live with one of the units because he wants to move yeah, to Chicago. That would be smart. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget in my Robert Allen days, um, when he went on book tour, I used to get all the emails from his protégés. And then, um, and then you know, he kind of stopped getting them. You know, he kind of funneled it through the webinars and everything. But in those early days, he got them. And I remember getting this email from this woman. She was all upset because she said, you know, we used his program to buy our dream house, and now my husband is about to lose his job, you know. And, you know, in like a very gentle way, I responded to her and said, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to build up your residual or passive income first, and then you go right. buy the dream house, you know. Yep. Like some people hear what they want to hear, you know. So. Yeah, they do that, and they also have this uh, this vision of grandeur out there that they read a book, apply some couple of principles, or it doesn't work out very fine. And um, you know, it's like working out. Everybody wants to lift three hundred pounds when they haven't never lifted a pound. So right, they take your time, right. build up. Yeah, they want to bench press. Yes, know? they do. So anyway, okay. All right, Adam, is he still like looking for a winning lottery ticket, or is he getting back in the game? Or yeah, I think uh, he's slowly but surely. Uh, he's had some. Uh, you know, I think I shared with you he's going through a divorce, or he's separated right now. Right. So I think it's been weighing on him, and uh, he's got his daughter to you know work with and so forth, and so we, he pulls attention in, but he also pulls out pretty quickly, so. This is one step at a time with him. He'll get there. He wants to. And that's part of it. I think he's got to settle down a little bit on he wants it all right now and that's not gonna happen. Okay. But we'll get okay. there. Yeah, okay. Anyone else? Anything exciting happening or just new new people signing up? Oh, uh, not as rapidly. I I really have focused a lot of attention on this uh this Florida process. Sure. And sure. it's taking a lot of my time. And I hope my hope is that all the time invested that will pay off in uh, some dividends here. It will. Hope is not a plan, Ray. No, it isn't. You know? We stick to it. Yeah. I got a real good team. Uh, we finally got a good attorney on board. Uh, because it's so new that even attorneys don't understand it yet. Mm. Okay. But so you're educating but, attorneys. Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I sent you a chapter. I think it was over the weekend. Did you have a chance to look at it? Yes, I read through half of it. What I'm doing now, I have about six chapters, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm, I'm yeah, actually reading it as a book. Six, six chapters plus there's that one on um, entities, corporations and everything. Yes. So kind of like six and a half. <laughs> So I just been reading it through like as a book, as I, if I were 
buying that part of it, just going through it, make sure it flows in my head and, you know, the words I'm using and you put together and all the formats and, and, okay. um, and, and it reads well. I like it. I'm excited. Good. I'm excited to get to the end, end, uh, end line here. Good, good. Well, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm like a couple weeks behind on your chapters and what I'm going to do is transcribe whatever would be next, you know, and take it with me and do my best to work on it like on the flight and on the cruise. And then I, I, I won't be able to send anything to you, I don't think, until I get to Barcelona, you know. But yep. um, I, I only have like three chapters to do on my own book, you know, so I really don't have a lot to finish. So I can, you know, do at least one of your chapters so I'm not as far behind when I get back, you know. So. Did you um, get uh, folks to sign up with you, the eight or ten you're looking for? I, I got four. I got four. Oh, good. So four is four, you know. Yes, it is. It's my first Write Your Book workshop at sea, and it means there's some uh, tax advantages to this whole thing, and, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's just um, the days at sea, which is like nine out of, you know, like the day you the day you get on the boat and the day you get off the boat, you know, they're considered days even though they're not full days. And then we've got one port of call in Portugal. But the other nine days, I'm only teaching the workshop from 10 to noon each day, you know, with those That's perfect. So, yeah. Well, I figured it gives them time to do other stuff on the boat or write or do whatever they want, you know. Yeah, there's going to be casual conversations in between that time, too, so that's good. Right, right. So it means I can enjoy it, you know. So yeah, Okay. Yeah. So our topic today is um, private sources of funding. Yes. Right? Rather than banks or your own money. And um, the first one that I thought is probably the most likely that people would go through would be private individuals, like family members or angel investors or things like that. So, you know, let's talk about it. And, and you're right. I think, uh, you know, family members should always be last. Yeah, it's I agree, hard but they're probably going to be first. <laughs> yeah. You know? So why don't we start with why private money and why okay. is it, it's your it's an ally to you, not a negative? Right. I believe most investors believe private money means all high rates, points, and they're going to take the deal from you if you don't follow through. Well, and in general, I think people have the idea of borrowing money is bad, you know, and there's like, yeah, if you're borrowing money for dinners out and trips to a show and vacations and you know, things that just get, like, consumed instantly, that's bad mm -hmm. borrowing. But borrowing money for investments like this, as long as the return is higher than what you're paying, it's good borrowing. Correct. Right? So you can expand on you? that and okay. talk about the why. Yeah. So for me, I've always pursued private money. Okay. Um. Again, with even with private money, it's 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 just a, a tool, and there's no emotions to it. Mm -hmm. And I, what I always tell my students, anybody that I've worked with in the past, 
is that private money is a great source and you gotta get they gotta get comfortable with you to do that first project. But the reality is if the numbers don't work from their eyes, it doesn't work for you either. And you may think it's a great deal because you're paying 140 for it and putting 40 into it and you sell for 220, you think you're getting forty thousand dollars of profit. And the reality is you're not. Mm-hmm. You're, you'll be lucky to break even. And that's where the most set of eyes, like private money, allows you to see it differently because you actually overpaid. Not so much your construction costs are off, it's you overpaid. Also, there are so many sources of private money that was available back in 05, 06, 07, and they're willing, they're so hungry to make money on their money that they're willing at that point in time to lend as much as they could to get the, the project done for you. Right. And then, they, and then they lost. Right. So you fast forward to time, it's more of a private bank that you're looking at as the way they treat themselves because they're scrutinizing the deal and also the individual. Not so much from a credit criteria, it's as much as what have you done lately? How many projects you do in a month? Have you done this before? And what's your resume look like? So it's about your record. Not your FICO yes. Correct. And most people don't get that. They're like, well, it's a good deal. I go, but you've never done this before. So you don't know what you don't know, and they understand that, but they're not willing to put the money invested in you and the project because you don't know what you're doing and have it come out wrong. The role of a private investor or anybody or a bank, if, that, if you go that far with it, is to finish the deal and get out of it and move on. They don't want the property back. Right. But worst case scenario, they got to figure, if I get it back, can I finish it in a timely fashion and get rid of it? And that's why some investors don't want to invest in certain states or invest in their own state because they're not that far away from it if they have to do that. Mm-hmm. And the challenge with investors, they're like, yeah, but you know, the deal works. They're charging me 15 points or, you know, charging five, uh, excuse me, five points, 15% interest. They're, uh, you know, tying up the property. They got first lien and everything. I said, yes, because they were trying to protect their interest. But the reality is all the profit goes to you. In a perfect world, it works out. It goes to you. Mm-hmm. So what sorts of private money are there? There is... Uh, Capital companies, they have large large amounts of money. they got a pretty good program available, and they're looking for individual uh, resumes. you got hedge funds that have raised money specifically for loaning out to investors to re- get good returns on their money, and they're looking for investors that are doing two or three deals a month. You have smaller private capital where they're going to doctors, lawyers, and some other folks, and they're going to raise two or three or four million dollars. Maybe paying them ten percent in the back end, and they're charging you fifteen percent plus the five points. So that's where they make their money's at. That's where they make their fees. But again, in that scenario, they're looking to turn their money once to twice a year. Because if they can do that, they double their income. Got it. And the persons involved that provide the capital, uh, they're going to make their straight 10% annually. 
So that means they want to get in and out of an investment within six months. Correct. Ideally okay. four. That way they could do three turns of their money. Right. And that's where experience comes in because a, a novice investor doesn't understand that. They get carried away with the details. They get carried away with upgrades, and then they then they can't sell it. Mm-hmm. They got too much money vested. Mm-hmm. The other area where private money has changed, no matter what the category or what the source, is that they're only going to do sixty-five to seventy percent LTV, loan to value, and they want you to have skin in it. Go back to 06, 07, 05, uh, They do one hundred percent financing because the prices were jumping so quickly, they knew that you're going to make money on this and they're going to get their money right. back. Right. And today it's not happening that fast. So the other area of uh, raising capital, um, and there's actually a couple different ones. One is just uh, self-directing uh, retirement accounts. There are 55 million retirement accounts out there in the self-directing area, and about uh, was it six trillion dollars, if I'm not uh, mistaken, that you can have access to. That folks that have 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 dollars in their accounts, and they're looking to make more money than they could on their traditional investments, whether it's precious metals, mutual funds, stocks. They're pretty static if we give you 8 to 10% returns. A real estate um, through a self-directing could give you 15, 20, 30% returns if you have the right partner. That's a good source of money. And the, the challenge is you, don't, you can't find them in a phone book. Right. You have, to, you have to work through custodians and some administrators and some other areas, but they are reachable. There's seminars everywhere. Uh, talk to people that to get into a self-directing IRA and they're there with either other money people, real estate investors, uh, folks that can show you how the tax shelters work, all the you know financial laws and impacts, um, and you start partnering up with some of them. And they will partner with you. But have your ducks in a row. The last one, which is newer, we talked about this before, is crowdfunding. There are a few good ones out there that um, they're still looking for 30, 35% of uh, input from the investor, and they'll do 65, 70% financing. But the real nice thing, again, they're not looking for the novice. They're looking for people who have done this before. But they can get that deal funded once they get comfortable with you within a couple hours. You have a lot of small investors, the thousand, five thousand, ten, whatever that number is, and they get a decent eight to nine percent return on their money for a short period of time, and they'll do it all over again. So you have plenty of money out there, and with investors, they have to get over the fact that there's, they're paying interest rate. It's higher than you could at the bank. But if the bank was that easy, you're already gone there because they're also looking for experience. If right. it's going to be a rental property buying hold, they're going to want to see at least 12 months rental income from the previous owner to show that it will cash flow. And they're asking for 25% down. And you're tying up your name. 
because unless the company's a couple years old and has some track record, they won't lend to a company, they won't lend to an individual. Conversely, private money wants to lend to an entity and not the individual. And the reason being, it's easier to get the money back and the property if they had to. So there's, not, there's plenty of sources out there. And then the last source of private money is family and friends. Like yeah. you said at the beginning, that's where they go first. Right. Well, it seems less intimidating, I would imagine. It, it is, but at the same time, um, the challenge with family is that they're going to want the money back right away. And I think, it, I think it's almost impossible to keep the emotions out of it. It does. I mean, all of a sudden you go to Thanksgiving dinner and nobody's talking. Right, right. What happens at Thanksgiving dinner, you know? <laughs> it, it's not, not, the, not, not the nice pleasantries and the politeness. You may have butter. But, um, have, have you ever borrowed from family members before in, in during your long and illustrious real estate investing career? No. You never have? Never have. Wow. And the reason wow. is that... So um, you don't have like a horror story you can share with me or something? <laughs> no, I don't. Because <laughs> I knew the horror stories were going to happen before they happened. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's smart. Do you have any... Um, Friends who are investors that had a story about just how it went really bad. You know, you know stories. They illustrate the point, right? Do you have any friends who are investors that have a story of um, borrowing from family members gone bad? Well, I mean, there's, there's a group here. Uh, this girl's name is Shauna, and she had uh, she was a lawyer. Her sister was a real estate broker. And four of her siblings bought a house. They put their money together. And they overbuilt for the area. And the price they were asking wasn't that neighborhood. They were asking like 240 to start with. And the neighborhood was, in reality, it was about 140, 145. And they bought the house for 40, because I showed it one time myself. And they really did a great job on it. They actually overbuilt for the area. It took them two years to sell that property. Oh, God. And I believe they lost money, um, and they wouldn't budge. All of them were so stubborn that they thought they could make a grand slam here. And I talked to Shauna, because I knew her. I said, why don't you just sell to my buyer for a seller finance? You'll get more money for it. Now right, they want all their money out. I go, they're not going to get it. This neighborhood does not bear it. Because I know, I try, I try telling them, and um, I'm not quite sure if they're still talking to each other. But they went, they went up, they went up selling it, and I know they got about 144 was the number that uh, they finally received. Hmm. When do you remember when that was? Like how many years ago? Uh, that would have been 2013. Oh, okay, so fairly recently. Yeah. Okay. So they so what they did is they fixed it up too much. Yep. Okay. A beautiful job. I was in that house before they uh, when it was you know, going through the bank home stage, and uh, it had a lot, a lot of potential. And they they maximized it, but whoever bought it for one forty got a great home. 
Yeah, great. Yeah, home. sounds like it. Sounds like it. So anyway. Well, yeah, there's there's a good story, you know, for you. So anyway, yeah. I, I want to go back to hedge funds a little bit. I know what a mutual fund is, obviously, but, like, what is a hedge fund? A, a hedge fund is, uh, one, it costs about 150 grand to put it together. And there's limitations because you're managed and oversaw by the Security Exchange Commission. That's really so, not so much. You have, no, not not much to put together. Uh, but you have to set all the rules and guidelines up front. What you're gonna what you're gonna pull in, and what it's gonna be used for, and you don't have flexibility. Let's say that you're a novice real estate investor. So I want to charge you more than I want to charge Bob, who's been doing 10 deals a month. With the hedge fund, you have very specific uh, guidelines that said, okay, everybody's going to be at 12% interest rate. Everybody's going to be at five points. Everybody's going to be out there for 12 months. And you can't deviate from that. Everybody's going to be treated equally. The other side of that is I can raise 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars that are very specific for real estate investors. So then I can't go out and invest in energy companies. I can't go out and invest in oil. It's only real estate. So it, it, so hedge funds can invest in all kinds of things, but you're saying there's some hedge funds who specifically invest in real estate. Correct. Some okay. are commercial, some are oil, some are gas, but they're very, very specific. Got it. Got it. And, okay. uh, and with that in mind, I mean, they're, they're a great source. They're a really great source, but you understand what they what they're supposed to, what their mission is. And I lo- looked at starting a hedge fund myself about four or five years ago. Now, will a hedge fund, you know, if if a new investor or even someone who's been investing for a while says, you know, I need fifty thousand dollars to fix up this house, blah 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 blah. I mean, my impression is they would come back and say that's too small for us. Yeah. Some cases they are. Like what kinds of deals are they looking for? They're looking for the larger deals. And also there's a, out of the hedge fund, there's a time limit in which they got to get rid of the money. They got to use it. All private capital, wherever it's raised from, if they don't utilize it, they're going to burn, burn themselves because they have to make those returns to pay back the investors that invested. So is this where you were saying they want to turn it over like two or three times a year? Correct. Okay. But but they're probably looking for more either commercial properties or multi-unit kinds of properties, larger dollar amounts. Or or bulk packages of real estate or tax lease certificates or... Your HOA uh, loans. HOA, yeah. 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 Okay. But because very specific in specific terms. Yes. And right. it's also a larger dollar amount. Right. So you know, instead of going in for a hundred thousand, you're going in for two or three million. Right. So that would probably be their baseline, a couple million. In most cases, yeah. Okay. All right. Because I suppose it depends on the hedge fund, how much money do they have 
like how big a check can they write, you know? Yeah, some of them are. I mean, some of these hedge funds out there on the larger end are billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen too many small ones out there. Berkshire Hathaway with uh, Warren Buffett. That's not a hedge fund, is it? That's that's a mutual, uh, no. isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, a mutual but, fund. But he owns about five or six different hedge funds out there. Oh, okay. Different names. Yeah. And, of course, now there's Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. You know, you see yep. the emotional commercials on television. We sold the house. You know. <laughs> right. And he has bought a lot of real estate through companies he owns. And mm-hmm. um, I, I want to say through the two and a half million properties. Wow. He's renting them all out. Wow. And one of my partners said that his motto because somebody asked him, when do you sell something? And he says, I've seen the interview. He says, he hesitates. He goes, I don't sell anything. I hold so on to it. who's the right – we know the dollar amount that hedge funds want to get involved in. Who's the right kind of investor that they like working with? Well, one the investor understands the process understands the risk, understands the product. So, you know, the investors that I work with on the student side, that's not for them. Yeah, they're too, they're too novice. Too novice. The deals aren't big enough. And if it was big enough, uh, they're not uh, trained they're yet. They're too novice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way. So looking okay. for folks that uh, have... So you got two things. You have the hedge fund, and then you have access to large portfolios of property. And are either they, the hedge fund is going to – Are they looking for somebody who's going to, like, you know, bring one deal, like one and done, or are they looking for somebody who has access and can bring them a stream of properties, a stream of deals? They're looking for that. Okay. Because – how do they make their money is through biome. And if you have one or two people out there that bring you a lot of biome, you're better off hanging with them than trying to reinvent it every single time. And that's why you sell in bulk. That's why you buy in bulk. Right. There's a risk of the same. Right. And that's where novice investors are even... So seasoned investors only do one or two projects a year or one or two projects a month or one or two projects every six months. They don't see the value of private money. But the better ones do. You know, without, the, without the endless flow of capital to keep on churning their deals, uh, at the end of the day, you don't have to make a lot of money per deal if you're doing a lot of buy-in. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you make, you'll make a lot of money on a particular deal. If you could do five deals a month or make a nine, ten grand a deal, it's not a bad right. living. Investors, the private capital is making money. And, uh, you know, they're, again, looking for somebody that can do that for them because they're not hunting for a deal. you got the deal maker right there. It's much easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what about like venture capitalists? Are those people do they invest in real estate deals? Yeah, well, some do. I'm working on a few right now on these uh, HOA liens. Uh, they have a lot of clientele that will do 500,000 properties at a time. And um, yeah, those are great sources. But again, for them, sometimes the minimum deal is you know, two million. Sometimes the minimum deal is ten million. In certain categories, it could be twenty million. And, it's I know most people think of most people think of venture capitalists as like investing in you know high tech startups and stuff like that. You know, so yeah, do um, that. Do do that too. Right, right. The the, okay. the premise behind, as you know, Denise, is that all venture money is looking for good returns. Of course. And of course. this week it happens to be spinach. It's spinach. But they need to make they need to make the returns for their investors. Okay. Um, what are they looking for? The, I mean, obviously, they're all looking for good returns, but what are they looking for? Number one, you said they'll start at a lower dollar level, like maybe 500K. What are they looking for that might be a little bit different than the hedge funds? Uh, they're looking for the strength of the deal. And can it give the returns that we're projecting? Again, the hedge funds are going to be looking for the same thing, but more for them is volume, package size, and how they're going to turn it over. So a hedge fund wants to make money on their money faster, where a capital company, their clientele is looking for the long haul. Right. So they might be okay with, you know, getting everything back in, say, two years or something. Right. If that's how, a you know, a, a business plan is presented or something. Yeah, and that's the way, uh, you know, like you say, HOAs, it's a five-year play. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a long-term thing. Yep. And most people we're talking to, uh, they're looking for the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm. And that's why you got to look at it. They think shorter than that, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Right. Right. As far as the um, the people that go to a um, venture capital firm? What what are they looking for with the people? I mean, is experience as important or is it more about the plan or, you know, because, I mean, a full business plan usually involves an executive summary, like who's in the deal, you know? Right. And, and what they're looking for is that experience. Do you understand your numbers? values, exits. Again, if I'm taking a 500-unit package to a, a capital company, i got to understand what their motivation is and how I package it. Do I know there's value here? Yes. But they look at the pure numbers. What if this? What if that? What if this? And you start creating a matrix to present to them for all the what-ifs. So when they go to sell it, to raise the capital for it, or go to their clients, they're being asked the same questions. They want to make sure you're in compliance with the laws, who's the attorneys on this, how they're going to structure this, and what the outcome is going to be. 
So we have to be prepared in our package to answer all those questions. Mm-hmm. And, and and so they get their attention. You know, I and look at the opportunity. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying. I just look. You just got to look at the opportunity. And how long term is it? Sell the vision. Right. I get these letters every once in a while on LinkedIn. You know, um, we are funding, looking for businesses to fund to between two hundred and fifty thousand and two million dollars. And you know, if you're looking for money, we might be open to looking at your business, something like that. Yeah. No. Do you get those too? Yeah, and when I sometimes I'll call them because I'm always curious what they're looking for, where they're getting the capital from. And they're like, well, you got to be five years in business. You got to be having, you know, over a million dollars a month of revenue. And uh, we're looking for 45% ownership. Wow. Um, I'm, a, I'm like, what are you giving? <laughs> kind of like Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think everybody's looking for that one company that they come across that's going to, that if you put enough cash behind it, will turn into a billion-dollar company. And they're out there. A lot of good ideas out there. Right. But even all companies, all firms, I think, are looking for what can I, what can I invest in that's not just a, a one de- a one deal, a one transaction. How can I invest in this and secure my money and returns over the next five, ten years? And can I keep on doing it until the vehicle changes? And like with HOAs, I believe it's a new way of buying bulk real estate, but at the same time, I also know in two or three years, it'll be table talk. You stand in the grocery line or the drugstore line, and you can overhear somebody talk about HOA. Either one, as the person that got their property taken from them for not paying it, or for two, somebody just that bought a couple of them, and they're happy about it. Mm-hmm. Then it will happen. There's 23 states right now. There's 19 states in December, 23 states now, and seven more states joining on in the Super Lean status. Hmm. So, great opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I have a money uh, coming out of the woodwork. Okay. So, what about private lenders? In in terms of what they're looking for, or in terms of where do you find them? Uh, both, both. What are they looking for, and where do you find them? You know, like I met that gal. I met this gal at a networking thing, and she said, "I'm a private lender for real estate." And I think I referred her to you, at least. I you think did. Alicia Clark. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I tried um, calling her. I didn't, I didn't get her back. From, I ever reached out to her again because I got called yeah, something else. You know, whatever. But. Um, at any rate, you know, where do you find them and what are they looking for? Uh, private lenders are, a lot of it's through networking. It's the LinkedIn, LinkedIn the Facebooks, that's the go to the real estate uh, investment clubs. It's working a system and always asking the question, 
do you know anybody that can lend money? I have real estate transactions. And invariably, all these different club meetings, every night in America, there are two or three people who have a few million dollars. That's mm-hmm. private money. And the private lender, uh, I mean, if you did a Google search for you know, private lenders, you're going to come up with a whole slew of them. And everyone has a different model. And, so and investigating... If you meet someone that say, you know, um, you know, I think it's called REIC, Real and Real Estate Investing Clubs, you know, yes. and you meet someone who has some money, that's almost more like an angel investor. Um, or am I wrong? Yeah, no, as an angel investor, their their main goal is investing in companies to get to seed money, and that's probably for the first year or two. And then eventually, you got to pay them off or buy them out. So that's not typically used with real estate. No. Okay. I'll give you a real okay. good example. Um, and also, I don't know if I shared this with you or not. Um, did I, I mention Karen to you? Um, I think you have. Yeah. We, uh, we've been together for a couple of years, and the reason I say oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. have. You're, she's your significant other. We actually got married on Tuesday. You did? Yeah. Congratulations. Well, thank you. That's cool. It's one of those things. I since I moved to Florida, and we did we did it for a lot of good reasons. We're going to wait till October, but just kind of moved up a number of months. You going to go on a honeymoon? Um, we're probably going to Florida because I have some business dealings down there, so they can ask be part of it. Okay, um, that's good. But well, you don't have to argue the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> last night we were at uh, a church. Uh, we both participate in cooking for our church every Wednesday for like 10 weeks since. And we have, we have a post-dinner with our alpha cooks to, uh, to celebrate our end of that 10-week period of time. So I'm sitting from a friend of mine. His name is Ed Rohde. And he says, well, what are, you, what are you going to be going out of Florida for? I says, well, I've been involved in real estate transactions. We'll stay in place. He goes, you know, he said, I do some flipping. And I've known Ed for seven or eight years. I never knew he did flipping. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about it. He goes, yeah. He goes, and this gets back to private money. He had his house built by a custom builder. And it was a father, son, and then the father was actually a grandfather to one of the uh, this young guy. And in 07, 08, he said he called me up for uh, breakfast, and I, we always do this every now and then. This guy's about 47 years old. He presents an idea to him about flipping. He goes, that really sounds good. He said, I wish you luck in that. He goes, well, I have a problem. He goes, well, what's the problem? He goes, I don't have any money. And they had the money. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm looking for a financial partner. And they've been doing this for five years now. And um, it took about maybe 14 to 15 houses. Wow, that's cool. It is. He said, sometimes, you know, he said, one of the worst deals we have, we made 10 grand a piece. He said, another deal we got done with, we made 85,000 a piece. He goes, he says, he, he's a, he's because a, he's a uh, custom home builder, he does all the labor and work. That's his equity. That provides all the money. And they split 
but that's another way of private money. If you know somebody that has a few million dollars or whatever that number is, partner with them. But you have to offer them something and compel them to come with you. In this case, he knew the guy for over a number of years, 11-year history with him, knows what he's capable of doing, and he was willing to put that money up to move some properties. That, and in essence, even though they partner, that's a private lender. Right. But you got to ask the question. So the way I've always pursued it is that I talk to you, Denise, and I go, because I know you got some money, and I go, look, I got this real estate opportunity. I'm not quite sure it's for you or not, but here it is. I need $200,000 for one year. Here's the returns I can commit to you. Here's the property. Here's the values. and give you uh, an executive summary of what I'm looking for. You may look at me and say, you know what, Ray? I don't think that's for me. I go, I appreciate the honesty and the directness, but in your circle of friends, do you know of anybody that's might be for? Right. You go, yeah, go, go talk to uh, Dave. I think, you know, I know him pretty well. I think this might be something he's interested in. And then you say, well, if, he's, if he does it, here's, you know, Jay. And then you keep on going through the names. So I got two more names. Now, I know you are not interested in this. I said, this is before we part again, let me ask one more question. What type of deals would you look at? Did you give so me whatever that criteria is? Yes. Yeah, you're qualified. And I keep on doing that down my list because now I'll have 15 or 20 people that I know that have cash. I know they do some type of investing. And when I do get something that might be interesting, I bring it back to them. Because I know what their criteria is. So you almost have like a database of lenders lined up for different kinds of deals. Yes. You know, and small databases still. Well, it's like it's like one of my partner Mike in, in Florida. We were selling these uh, HOA liens. Right. We're uh, getting we're getting ready to, to do an LOI for thirty thousand of them, mm-hmm. and we believe we can move them in six months. So Mike has a big database of people he's done business with through his uh, his millionaires group. Who he's had meetings with. He's been broadcasting out in five hundred unit increments. And I, right now in my inbox, because I'm becoming the point person to do all the follow calls, get the information out and everything, I got 15 names and numbers on my data by uh, email since uh, Wednesday. So between him and I, he has the contacts in the database, I have the knowledge and the documentation, and we're driving it together. Right. And if they don't do it, they know somebody that might. And you keep on networking and networking and networking. You know, I mean, we already have a, a, a chapter on business plans, but is there anything significantly different about a business plan for a real estate deal compared to a business plan for, say, a startup business or the next round of funding for a business? We have the next round of funding for that business. Say that we write out the HOAs. So we know that we have, we are the pioneers right now. So we're setting the marketing pieces, we're setting the profile, the financials, the expectations, 
and what it looks like five, ten years from now. So we're packaging that up. If we're looking for funding to fund a company of this nature, within two or three years, we could say, look, that we have you know, thirty million coming in annually from rentals. We got a market value of three hundred million, and what we're looking for right now is a billion dollars to go do more. Now that business plan versus today is like night and day. Mm-hmm. Because now we have history. So we look at angel investors. That's your seed money. Then you get into a capital company that only could do maybe with their model maybe one to two or three million dollars. Pays off the angel investor. Now they're vested, but they're looking for a little bit bigger piece of pie. And then five or ten years, now you're looking for a large capital company to infuse twenty or thirty million. They pay off the two or three million that got you to the next stage. And this company will take you to the next level to get you to a half a billion to a million dollar company. And then from there, you, you leverage banks. Uh, you go, you go public. You do a number of different ways to raise money to satisfy that large capital company of twenty million dollars. But it's all staged. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing with business owners and entrepreneurs, um, again, the better ones and the ones that are more successful understand it very well what they got to do. And when you have a company that you're growing. At some point in time, you're going to give up part of that company. Right. And you may not want to because of an ego or pride or, you know, like I'm not getting my share. But if you own 50% or 60% of a billion-dollar company, it's not a bad way to go. If you own 30% of a billion-dollar company, it's not a bad way to go. It's still a pretty darn good way to go. (laughs) Yes, it is. And yeah. nobody they can't get past the numbers because they're looking at percentages. Right. Look at what you built. So most of the people reading this book are going to be not maybe not 100% new to real estate because you said you're attracting people who've like been through Robert Allen or been through, you know, a, something. Yeah, a whole, whole of classes. Right. Whether they've taken a lot of action or not on it, you know, we don't know. But at any rate, at what point do investors become experienced enough where these alternative sources of funding will take them seriously, if they can even get a meeting with them? Um, I guess it's five deals, five transactions. Well, that's not that much, really. No, uh, but when you look at, let's say a person does a transaction every six months, what is that, about two and a half years? Mm-hmm. In the scheme of things, two and a half years is nothing in time. True. Uh, but people can't see that. They want, they want it now. Now, the trick is, at least I believe, it's, I mean, that's a necessary trick, but the step is to, if you could do one deal, six months, and you get that under your belt, when you hit that second six-month mark, try to do three. But right. you need private capital to do that. And that's where right. I come in. Right. Do you have in your program um, sources of lending that your students can reach out to? Yes, I do. Cool. Okay. And, cool. and again, 
one of my hopes is, I should say, I know hopes is not a plan, but is that when this deal closes, we'll, we could be self-funded to fund the deals ourselves. And that way, there's no question mark from anybody that joins our, our program. We will have the money available. And that will separate us from everybody. Right. Yeah, I don't know of any of them that actually, um, you know, and I mean, I don't know of everyone that's out there, but I don't know of any of them that actually lend, you know, can point you in the direction of lenders, you know, so that's pretty cool. The only way to be successful is if you have enough capital. If you don't have enough capital, then it's really hard for your student to be successful. Well, the thing is, once you've done those five deals and you're in a position where a lender is going to take you a little bit more seriously, you're in a place where you can do more volume because you're not, like, turning over your own capital. Correct. Leverage other people's money. OPM. Yep. (laughs) Right. Right. Cool. Cool beans. Okay. Good. Any um, additional thoughts on this chapter? I, I believe that private money is the way to go. And it's understanding what money is. It's a tool. It's not a must-have. It's not something that's going to keep you alive. It's just a tool. And if folks or anybody, whatever they do in life, they can understand it's a tool, they'll get further ahead. Right. And it, go, and it goes back to when I, as I say that, I went on a research about maybe 15 years ago, well, what really is money? Where did it come from? How to get to this? What is inflation? And that what I came to is that most people that get it don't know how to leverage it and make, make it work for them. And well, I also, think the majority of people don't understand what leverage really is. No, they don't. And a twenty piece of a twenty ounce piece of gold has the same value today that it did two thousand years ago. And the thing that gets in the way is inflation and supply and demand. Sure. And we're told that economics classes tell us that, but then you walk away from that class after you graduate and you go and you forget all about it. because you didn't really understand what you were being taught. And real good example on leverage. So we finish this deal, we're going to own about maybe 1,000 houses, 1,100 houses. Mm-hmm. We already know they're going to be free and clear. We already know we can leverage each one of those houses, seventy-five to $80,000 a piece. We could raise another eighty to $100 to you know, $200 million in capital to utilize other investments over and above any capital we got from the, the deal itself. It's an asset, make it work. And we can do that. Cool. Cool beans. So anyway, okay, this is this is going to be a good chapter. 
Um, and, you know, and, and I love the fact that you're doing it, you know, so, um, you know, so you're, you're walking your talk there, I guess, is what, you know, is what I'm saying. Hey, um, congratulations on getting married. I mean, holy cow, you guys are so good at compartmentalizing things, you know? <laughs> well, it was funny. My daughter took pictures. And we went to Justice of Peace, and we we're going to do a you know church party and everything. We still might do that in June. But my daughter took pictures, and by the time we left, she hadn't posted on Facebook because I wanted to tell people myself, and so did Karen. Has already posted on Facebook. So the folks we seen last night, they started clapping. We walked in. I go, "You guys glad to see us?" <laughs> they go, "No. Tell us what you did." And my brothers, everybody. So nobody you didn't tell anybody. I said, "We weren't." That's the whole point. Right. <laughs> you want to get married. And then Karen goes on a Facebook post. She goes, well, do you think you're surprised? I just saw it last week. <laughs> like, Karen, I help, help me here. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, Ray. How long have the two of you been together? Uh, about two and a half years. Yeah. Ernie and I, when we finally decided, it was like he had asked me, yeah, 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 we'll get married someday, you know. I was the one dragging my feet, right? But when we finally, finally decided, it's like, you know what, if we can't pull this together in two months, there's got to be something wrong with us. You know, yeah. it just it just came together pretty quickly. So, anyway. Yeah. So, well, congratulations. Well, That's exciting. Thank you. So, um, um, I'm leaving tomorrow. That's exciting. Yeah. That's a nice yeah, trip. Yeah, I know. I want to look at my calendar and tell you when I get back. I think it's our next meeting would be May the 16th. Let me double check here. Come on. May 15th? Um, yes, yes, that would be it. So, yeah, it would be May the 15th. So, okay. anyway. Okay? Sounds good. All right. You have um, a nice honeymoon if you go to Florida and everything. I think that sounds like fun. And, of course, if you can throw some business in along with it, it's always a little bit better. Even so, better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Listen, you have a great trip care. and be safe out there. Thank you. I'll talk to you in a few weeks. Okay. Thanks, Denise. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.